will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome everyone to episode 396 of Fergan Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak, and today we've got a very special guest. It is Guy Wilson. He's here to talk about rugby league in South Australia and Adelaide, what's happening down there in South Australia. And I basically have gone into this podcast thinking I want to learn about rugby league in South Australia. So thanks for joining us, Guy. Not a worry. Pleasure to, uh, pleasure to be here, mate. Now, what is your role within rugby league in South Australia? Uh, well, it's a non-official role. Uh, more so, I've been a volunteer uh, for the National Rugby League uh, of South Australia over here. So, uh, by background, I'm actually born and bred Sydney cider. Uh, follow the uh, the Dragons. Uh, yeah, so uh, quite unfortunate in that respect. However, <laughs> I, yeah, I did move to Adelaide in late 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I recently got involved with the NRL over here and I've met uh, the people who run it, uh, a lot of the people who play it and a lot of the support people who uh, who work around it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, lots of good people over here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, keen to tell you whatever you'd like to know. So so you've so you've come from like basically rugby league mecca on planet Earth in Sydney, mm. where it's like we're just immersed in it here. You go over to Adelaide and you want to get involved in the game over there. Where do you start? Do you go to your local rugby league club? Is it hard to find there? Do you go to the South Australia Rugby League? Like, where did you start off? Where did I start off, mate? Uh, I started off uh, by, I suppose, making the move over here and not knowing or having a scooby-doo of what kind of rugby league presence, if anything, there was over here. Uh, And how it came about was uh, I actually looked up uh, the NRL South Australia because I remembered uh, outside the Moorpark head offices at uh, NRL HQ, they had NRL signs for all the states. So I knew that there was an NRL SA over here. I didn't know much about it, but I actually found them on social media uh, and they were asking for volunteers for um, their upcoming Harmony Cup, which was held back in, in February of this year. I got in touch. They said, yeah, come along uh, and come along. And uh, I met a lot of the people who run it, again, who play it uh, and, uh, yeah, got involved that way and, uh, yeah, continuing to uh, volunteer with them moving forward, mate. So so really not so much a if you say, hey, I want to go, talk to the Central District Roosters or the South Adelaide Bulldogs. It was more so my, I suppose, opening to it come through socials. Okay. Because, yeah, because I've, I've heard a few people that have gone over there and it's been a similar sort of story where they sort of like, I don't know what's going on with the game over here. And mm. it was kind it was, they had to find it through social media as well. I know Julie who put me on to you and said you'd be a great guest. And thanks yeah. to Julie for that. Um Like she did a similar thing where she was like, I don't know what to do here. And the only way she was able to do it was through social media. Um, So so tell me what you know about the way that the game is going over there. Obviously, it's really difficult because coming out of COVID, like it's hard to know about junior development numbers and things like that. And even having leagues just get going again and, and stuff like that. And people need to know that the COVID lockdown rules in South Australia have been different from the ones we've had in New South Wales and Queensland. Like 
Sometimes mm. they're on, sometimes it's off and, and that sort of thing. So like, how do you coming from Sydney when you have an overall look at the game in, in South Australia from a junior mm. development standpoint, what are your thoughts? Is it going all right? Does it need more support from the NRL? Mm. Uh, the latter, most definitely. Um, uh, and I can go through that with you at, at, uh, yeah, at, your, at your discretion. Um, yeah, I mean, what I've seen, it, it is very much a, a, a minnow league, and I do say that respectfully. Um, in terms of the actual NRL management, uh, you've got four full-time employees of the NRL over here, uh, and up until last year, that was two through the COVID period. Uh, so the guy who runs it over here, a guy called Kelso McEwen, he's been with the uh, the organisation for over 12 years, originally a Brisbane fella, um, and uh, played for the Adelaide Rams uh, in their junior academy, uh, their under-19s team. Uh, and Kelly Rourke, who's their state manager, who played league over in the UK, um, they've been the primary two for the last couple of years. Um, and then they've taken on this year uh, to what you call game development officers with um, Casey and Mackenzie, two uh, great young girls who are doing the promotional side of things, you could say. Um, the league itself is about, uh, I think it's about 660 registered uh, league players across men's and women's. Uh, in the men's comp, you've got six teams. Uh, the women's is, it's only been going for, it's in its third season now. Um, so it's more of what you would call a development competition. So more getting, I suppose, uh, women interested in playing the game who are used to maybe playing other sports over here. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've already gone from zero to 104 registered players, uh, women players that is in the, in the, uh, in the last three years. So, uh, I suppose a bit of an overview there. They did have some rough periods maybe four or five years ago, uh, with teams and participation and COVID really knocked them about a lot as you might imagine. Um, but, yeah, when you're talking about, I suppose, the size and scale of the sport over here, definitely uh, yeah, a lot smaller than yeah, what you'd be, well, I was used to and you would know over on the East Coast. Uh, but the people within it are very passionate about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so everyone who's in playing league, they you know, they love the sport uh, and yeah, looking for the game to grow however they can. And I'm doing my bit where I can too. That's awesome. It's uh, it's interesting when you are not in one of the big rugby league areas, as you say, on the East Coast, and you find yourself in an area where rugby league is being played. And, and that's where you realise that the heartlands of rugby league is anywhere the game's being played because the people in, in South Australia, when they're out there playing the game, when they're supporting the game, they're, they're every there's much a part of the rugby league community is somebody from Penrith, you know, and, oh. and that that's the thing that I think gets lost on some people. And that's why when people say, oh, the heartlands of the game are here or there, it's like, man, if they're playing rugby league in Sri Lanka, that's where the heartlands of the game are as well. It's wherever the game's been played. Um, the the passion that people have over there to play this sport that doesn't have a local national side uh, that they their friends probably don't know much about, they might deride and stuff. It really comes through when you talk to these players, these people, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, 
100% agree, 1,000% agree with that, yeah, because, um, uh, yeah, these people love the game as much as, as me or you do or anyone who might play or support it uh, in the so-called heartland states. And, um, you know, we are, we are part of Australia. We're, we're not that far away from, from Sydney and, mm. uh, and Queensland. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, we, you know, the people over here do, do love their league, uh, and passionate about it, uh, and genuine people who do want the game to grow. Um, uh, although, you know, again, given the size and scale of the operation, uh, that can be, I suppose, I mean, hard on many fronts in terms of when you've got, you know, four people in the NRL over here, full-time employees, and a lot of volunteers. So, um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, they love their league. The, uh, we've seen the NRL play a couple of games there on and off. I know COVID has messed with everything, but they did seem to have a schedule that they had in place. Mm. They played a state of origin game there. Do you think that obviously those things are important to get rugby league on the minds of the wider community over there, but Mm. do you think those games are more or less important than actual grassroots funding? Oh, I, I, if it was if it was one or the other, I think grassroots funding would definitely be, you know, it would be, I suppose, a preferred option. I mean, yeah, if you were speaking to the NRL, they'd probably have their views or the NRLSA, they'd have their views. Um, I, I do believe, however, that, that when when the Roosters come over and played the Storm here, and they did that for, for three years in a row, there was a great interest from the public over here. In fact, the game's average crowd was between fifteen and 21,000 people at the Adelaide Oval, which is, mind you, isn't, let's say, a, a rugby league friendly um, uh, venue being round and quite wide and not, not rectangular that we're used to. Um, but if we're talking about from a funding perspective, uh, I'm sure that um, yeah, the grassroots funding uh, would be something that the NRL over here would be looking to, uh, would, would be very interested in to help, I suppose, bring on new staff who can do different things for the sport but also promote the game to the wider Adelaide community because, like you said, uh, a lot of people, even the league lovers over here, aren't completely aware about it. So, um, yeah, have I answered your question in that regard? No, you have because I think it's important to talk about this, especially from somebody that is actually there in an area where this sort of setup is happening because we do see this happening in rugby league where they'll say, look, we're going to, we want to promote the game in this area. So we're going to play a bunch of games here Mm. and that's what we're doing. But I Mm. think I've always said it's important that it's all followed up by funding at junior level because Mm. without that funding at junior level, you know, you're basically giving people a sporting event to go to and then you go away and the show's gone. It's like the Easter show, you know, um, it's you know, the Easter show turns up in Sydney. Not everyone turns into a farmer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically what it's like, you know. Yeah. You're dead right, mate. And uh, yeah, I mean the people I know who've been to the games over here, um, the Roosters Storm, um, loved it. You know, uh, in fact, I see a lot of, uh, and I'll go through that with you in a, in a minute in terms of the actual. People in the merch and uh, yeah, NRL kits getting around. You see around town. Surprising, there's a fair few of them. But um, but yeah, I mean Origin when they brought that over here, that was that was big time. That was um, yeah, for Adelaide. Uh, that was like the big shows coming to town. Unfortunately, that got knocked around with the COVID scheme of things. Limited crowds, teams coming over six weeks after the end of the comp, flying in, flying out. Um, it was a real shame that that happened. However, uh, it's uh, very uh, fantastic from a uh, from our perspective, anyway, that they're coming back here in 2023, and I think what you've just touched on is is 
vital is that it's great to bring that over here and the, and, the, and the league will make money off that from you know from government or whatever it might well be funding but what happens after that the big show leaves town and then what so you know and, and that's the time you know I, I feel that you know you're bringing rugby league as a centerpiece to a state that embraces events uh, you bring in awareness of the sport uh, and if there's a further awareness of hey there is rugby league opportunities to play here and in, in the state um, and there'll be funding and promotion that needs to be done with that, then you know, I think that everyone wins in that regard. There's no losers in that. So you know, I would think that you know, the funding on that front you know, should come after the big shows in town. Now, you're wearing, people won't say this on the podcast, but you're wearing an Adelaide Rams jersey. Mm, um, yeah. the, the Adelaide Rams are really weird because they were not around for very long. Mm. They really didn't. When they were playing, it wasn't like they were really straight away part of rugby league psyche, but mm. they have hung on to rugby league psyche and they've become almost more fashionable the longer they've been gone. <laughs> it's really <laughs> yep. weird. Yeah, I know. People might say the same about me when I'm gone. <laughs> See, when I'm gone, they'll be just like, oh, thank God that's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I mean, well, you know, I suppose us from our interactions on Twitter and the like, and um, yeah, I, I suppose a bit of a small cult following in that in, in that respect from the from the greater league community. And um, I mean, going back to the days when they did come into the competition, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they sort of weren't really thought of in any high regard on the East Coast. I mean, they were born out of like many things, they were born out of a war. You would you would remember too, it was we everyone that was in rugby league at the time or followed the game saw them as a very cynical well, they've been made overnight and you know mm. uh, yeah, they, no one liked them, really. Mm. Because mm. they they symbolized something terrible that was going on around us all at the time. Yep. Dead right, mate, and uh, and I'll probably take it a step further. Is uh, I mentioned at the start that I was a Dragons fan, and uh, uh, if if anyone remembers the 1996 seasons at the start, uh, when this is all sort of broken out, is uh, we lost our coach Rod Reddy and club legend who'd moved on to Adelaide. And my first thought and uh, impression of the Rams was like, what the you know what? Yeah. Why's our coach gone there? And and um yeah, and I was invested in the Dragons and at that time they were they were going through their own struggles. There was talk of mergers with the Roosters. And this is only a couple of years off the back we made two grand finals in a row. It was like mm. my club was falling in a heap and our coach had left to you know, to move to the Rams. So so my impression of the Rams was like like you just said, it's like, oh right, it's greed, it's Murdoch and it's all this kind of stuff. Um to the people of Adelaide though they didn't care and they didn't know the history behind it. And they got behind the Rams. Mm. I mean, their very first crowd, their Rams game was, I think, around 27,000 people. Uh, the average crowd in their first year was 15,000 for a team that basically had a false start in 96 when the court cases knocked them on the head. They had to get what players they could for 97. Um, the team you know, performed, I suppose you could say, admirably in some senses, but it really did struggle and they still averaged that. So, um, but yeah, if we talked about the Adelaide Rams, from a from an East Coast, let's call it perspective, and um, and the rugby league follower, yeah, they were quite, I suppose, despised and mocked, and and sort of like, what are they even doing here? Why even they? Why why are you bothering with them? Yeah, and that's the weird thing. And and when they were wound up by News Limited, it, it was like a it was a non-event. It was an absolute non-event to anybody that was in. New South Wales or Queensland or Victoria, and I chuck in Victoria, they didn't have their team yet, but mm. um, it, it was just a non-event. 
So, mm. and this is the weird thing though. Talk to anybody that remembers the Rams and they'll be like, oh yeah, I love the Adelaide Rams. I wish <laughs> they were back. Why is that? That's so weird. <laughs> oh well, there's many things I could uh, I could answer to that one, but um, I can also say just just on that is that I find that here too in Adelaide. So um, I mean, Adelaide's a city. I, I, I was saying this to um, well, actually, Jason Nightingale and, uh, and Jeremy Lattimore came over two weeks ago as part of a league community. It's called the Roads to Regions program, and I was chatting to them uh, at a training session they did with some kids, right, and um, and. They were just sort of, oh, Adelaide hadn't been here before and, and, and their impressions. And I said to them, Adelaide's, it, it's big enough to be a city, but it's small enough to be a community. Mm-hmm. And what Adelaide does, it actually supports all its teams. So, you know, be it netball or be it, you know, the, the, the Adelaide United, you know, uh, football club. So soccer, uh, power or the Crows, um, you know, Adelaide strikers uh, and the Redbacks, they're all, they all get behind these teams. And a lot of people, who I bump into, you know, if I'm wearing an NRL kit or if I'm wearing something Rams or something like that, is uh, people you know, had been to games in the past. Oh, yeah, I went along to a Rams game, loved it. How'd they go? Oh, they got flogged by whoever or whatever it might have been. But the first question they usually ask to me is like, why did they get rid of the Rams? What, what happened to them? And mm. I said, that's a long story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, I might plug the Rugby League Digest podcast who, uh, who've done uh, an in-depth uh, an in-depth analysis of the Super League war and talk about that. And I say, well, look, if you want to listen to them, they'll give you in the background to the whole thing. But ultimately it was, um, I suppose, you know, in the end, it was Melbourne seemed like the bigger target and the bigger fish to fry. So that's where the funding went. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's where do you, where do you start the Super League war? Like I've had people, mm. I, I've got, I've got one friend I've had for about eight years in Adelaide and um, I've asked her a little bit about it, and she, but she's not into sports, so she doesn't really care. And But then I've had other people that will say to me, like, what what happened with Perth and Adelaide and why were they shut down? And mm. it's like, oh, well, I've got to take you back to 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the time tunnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. I mean, when we, me and Andrew we did a, did a, whole super league thing and we basically started back in the 70s i think we started in 78 where the new south wales rugby league was like we need to do something here and it just goes from there so it's Mm. it is difficult to explain but i I think the easiest way to explain it is probably they were the easiest teams to shut down when we were trying to shut down a lot of teams that were difficult to shut down as well and uh, it's just it was really unfortunate but i think that now Obviously, Perth is probably next on the agenda for expansion in Australia. Mm. And then Adelaide after that. Do you feel as though Adelaide, though, needs a figurehead to be at the forefront of any NRL bid so that they can – there's always that media person you can go to. There's always that person that everyone knows. If you want to talk about getting an NRL team in Adelaide, you talk to this person and – they'll always be good for a quote or they'll always be the one that's working behind the scenes on this. Mm. Um, Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, Yeah. I mean, Perth is a common one when there's the talk of uh, now that, you know, the the Dolphins are are in, if if they're going to stay the Dolphins or give themselves a name to go with the Dolphins, who knows, but they're number 17. Mm. And then uh, it's the right. I think is is the big fish now. And, And Perth and New Zealand seem to be the two, um, areas that pop up in, in general conversation about, you know, who's going to be the 18th team. And I'm sort of maybe flying the flag a bit here, but it's like, well, well what about us? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to a lot of the, I suppose, proposed 
new sides that would come in for the 18th team. But coming back to your question is that there isn't that true figurehead for Adelaide to promote or fly the flag. I mean, if it's me and the head that you're looking at on your screen right now that your viewers can't see, yeah, we might be in a bit of trouble. But, um, I mean, put it this way, Perth, uh, I mean, Mark Geyer went and played there for a number of years and, and has gone on to have a great career in the media uh, and uh, and still going on Triple M, as a, if I understand it. So, so he's a natural person who's there day in, day out talking uh, and can pop up with talk about the Reds, right? Mm. Uh, if it's Adelaide, we don't have someone like that who's who's in the media. I mean, if you think of maybe the players for the Rams of the day, it was, you know, like Kerry Walters. Uh, I mean, we might be able to wheel out Chubby Checker if he's still going. He might be a, a bit of an advocate for us, uh, one grand appearance for us. But but coming back to you, I suppose your your original point is, yeah, it, it would need that that figurehead to promote and, and talk up you know, the opportunity here. I mean, I'm happy to do that with you as much as you like here today, mm-hmm. but I'm not that media personality or that person that's known to the wider community to go, well, actually, you know what? Maybe Adelaide should be in the conversation a bit more because uh, because I see the benefits to what an Adelaide team could bring to the NRL. And ultimately, it is called the NRL, but um, it's only played in three states and a territory. Um, you know, national is embodiment of something of a whole country. You know, yeah. it's only played in half the country. So, you know, places like Adelaide and Perth, uh, would make the the competition truly national. Yeah, and look, the way I see it is like you've got a city of a million plus people in Australia, and you don't think that they should have a rugby league team. Like, what's wrong with you? It's, it makes no sense. It's silly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, I, I will t- I'll t- take it back though. But when I um when I was in Sydney and before I moved here, and um if someone would have asked me, oh yeah, Adelaide, you know, what about them for an NRL team? I wouldn't say I would have been sceptical at first, but I would have been like, oh, geez, really? Oh, okay. And, but, um, if you, I suppose, open up sort of, I suppose, a, a few ideas and have the conversations go, well, actually, what would a successful team in Adelaide do for the National Rugby League? And I do say successful. We can talk about what successful team might look like, but a successful team in Adelaide, I think, would add so much to the NRL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of expanding its footprint, um, giving it, I suppose, more cred in terms of a national sport, um, uh, amongst a few other things. So, um, look, I, I can see the benefits, but yeah, I mean, it, in terms of promotion and doing all that kind of thing, I mean, I mean, I, I talked to you through the NRL over here, and, and bless them, they are working, working their backsides off doing whatever they can for the sport over here. But it's a team of four, full time. So, um, who that person is, we will see. Yeah, I, I haven't got any idea. I feel like it's going to be so, like I feel like it would be someone weird, like Jared. You find out Jared McCracken's decided to settle in Adelaide for the last few years and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna do this. It's I, I don't but I don't think right now there's anybody that there's is the figurehead. And look, I don't think they've really got one for Perth either, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's half their problem as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I know uh, Bedsy, D- Denny Baderis has got relatives over here. I've seen him at the Adelaide Airport a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he'd be willing to uh, forego a, a Newcastle uh, arrangement and uh, come over here and fly the flag. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like marketing or branding or, or trying to get your brand out there for anything. It's that constant presence. It's almost like just dropping the seeds and watering them and, and keeping yourself in the public mindset so that people might go, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, there might be something in this. It's like if you go yeah. on a holiday. It's like, oh, yeah. where would we go? Well, if you're a league, oh, I'll go to Queensland. We'll go where it might be. It's like, well, actually, why don't we try Adelaide? See what it's like, you know? And when you actually do go and visit and see something, it becomes real and you can see like, oh, okay, then we'll, you know, 
this place might have a lot to offer and it would open people's minds. So, um, yeah, mate, yeah, time will tell. Yeah, because and it, it, I think it's important to get that to get people, and I think that's probably the best thing about playing games in areas we do want to expand into is that it takes it from being an abstract idea to look, there's people there. There's this is the, the well, you know, the, the Adelaide Oval wouldn't be where you'd want to play the games, but here's the ground, here's the people there. We're playing there tonight. Look, you're watching it on TV. Everything's fine. The world didn't implode, and I think that's an important aspect of that. Um, what do you think about the team name? Would do you think that it would have to be Adelaide Rams? Because I think it would be at this stage. Uh, I, I I agree. I do. Um, and, and I think to your point you made a little bit earlier about the Rams were sort of like that despised redheaded stepchild of the team back in the day. That when they were let go, I was like, uh, now there's a bit of a there's a bit of, I suppose, that, that cult is kind of a following to it. And, um, I mean, it would be a recognised brand to many people over here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think the name just rolls off the tongue really well. You yeah. Know? yeah. One, two, three, four, Adelaide Rams. It's just, it, yeah, to me, yes, absolutely all over the Rams. Um, I mean, some people do chat to me about, oh, would we relocate XYZ over here? It's like, well... I don't know, that's a whole different conversation. But I think if you're coming into Adelaide, you want to give them you know, a brand and identity, and the Rams would be that. Yeah, true, true. I mean, like I've said before many times, um, Adelaide needs a successful Cronulla Sharks, but I would prefer the Adelaide Rams. <laughs> <laughs> the Ram Sharks. <laughs> the Ram Sharks. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right, oh, the old JV, yeah. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, I've walked around. I mean, when I first moved over here, I, I, yeah, I mean, I was one day, example, right? So my, my other half, she's got uh, young kiddies, one of them plays at the local Aussie Reels Club, and I was up there just in a, a dragon's hat, and some bloke come up behind me, and he, he goes, we're going to smash you today. I'm like, what? And he goes, he was a Broncos fan, and we were playing that day, and we got chatting. He'd come down from Queensland with his family because uh, they were working in the um, – uh, the uh, not security, so um, uh, big industry over here. So, um, yeah, and they relocated down. He didn't have anywhere for his kid to play league, so he started talking. And then a conversation sort of grew. Oh, yeah, I'm from here, I'm from there. And um, a lot of them were actually league fans. Mm. Um, so you got a lot of people from um, from from you know, interstate, so Queensland and New South Wales who've moved over here for various reasons. Uh, one of them is, you know, be at work or other is actually opportunity to buy a house because it's a lot cheaper to buy housing over here than than, uh, than on the East Coast. You can uh, buy a nice driveway in Sydney, though, for the same price, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Mate, some lovely coloured concrete. Yeah, I know. You know, it gleamed right up. But, um, but yeah, but, but there are a bunch of expats over here. And funnily enough, uh, you know, people who, I mean, they'll all watch State of Origin when it's on. You know, so there's that kind of link to league. But there are some people I've come across and some who I have now you know, know as friends who, who actually do follow a side, you know, albeit not as closely as maybe me or you, like um, you know, Parramatta or, or, uh, or South Sydney or the like. But um, there's an interest here. But, again, it, you know, bring the big show in town like State of Origin, great. But what are you going to do after that? So if they're serious about it, invest in here and you'd be surprised what could grow. Yeah, and I think another issue that you have with trying to get a team in Adelaide is that you get people that are involved in the game, and a lot of it is media-driven, where they say, okay, team in Adelaide, what does that do for me? And it's like, it's not about you. It's about the people in Adelaide having a team or what it does for them. And, like, I immediately think, imagine what a game between Adelaide and Melbourne would be like, and having that twice a year, 
It'd mm. be great for both clubs. Mm. Oh, couldn't agree more, mate. Could not agree more. I mean, the Melbourne Storm, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they sort of yeah, really sort of kicked off, although they did both play in the comp in 98. Um, they've gone now to on to be the, well, the stats I read last year anyway were the most popular club in the comp, be it, you know, social media followers, members and all alike. And this is from a team that, you know, in a state that is not considered rugby league heartland, they're a one-team town uh, in, a, in a very competitive environment with all the other Aussie rules teams and all that kind of thing down there. But they're a very, very popular side. Um, having Adelaide gives a strong rivalry to Melbourne uh, in many senses and would, I think, yeah, do wonders for the competition. And again, and again it comes down to what would a successful team in Adelaide do for the National Rugby League? Mm. Uh, I think it would do great things. Yeah. it's uh, in, And in many ways, I mean, it would be a, a much easier step than Perth. With I mean, Perth does have that. Perth is great for the, the time zone difference. Adelaide's a bit, because you've got that half-hour time zone difference, it doesn't really make as big a, a difference than the Perth game would. But um, just the travel to Perth is so much longer, and, and whereas Adelaide's like a half-step to that. And that, uh, part of me, like I've been pushing for Perth to have a team almost since they were kicked out. Um mm. Part of me thinks it would be really cool to have Adelaide next and then Perth, but Perth is, I think the thing going Perth's way is that they're a little bit further down the track in terms of their junior systems. And I mean, they've produced NRL players just in their own right at the moment. So um, I think that that's where they probably get the nod. But yeah, I, I, I just think that it's time. It's time for the NRL to become a national competition. And once we get Perth and Adelaide there, like you can go to some strange places. You can have a team in P&G. You can have a team in Darwin. You can have teams all over the place. But none of it matters until you get the national competition bedded down and sorted. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned before there's pros and cons to whatever, you know, I suppose, 18th team they're looking to go to, but um, but I mean, yeah, in terms of Perth v Adelaide, if we were to talk about that, is that I mean Perth uh, and very good credit to them, they've developed a, a great junior league over there uh, and, a, and a quite a strong domestic little competition uh, over there. They're a city of 2.1 odd million people, so a team over there would you know, naturally tap into what I call eyeballs, so new people watching the sport uh, over there. Uh, but as you've suggested, and as, as something that I've uh, yeah, that, yeah, been uh, mindful of, is the sheer distance of the place. So um, yeah, from the East Coast cities and the, and the teams uh, in the NRL, you know, you're talking four and a half, or four to five hour flight from Sydney and more from other other um, uh, other other you know, team centres, you could say. Um, Adelaide is less than half that, and with that comes cost. Mm. And one of the issues that the Western Reds did have. Uh, when you know, they were you know, struggling was the sheer cost of transportation. And, and there's transportation of them to the East Coast to play games, but also teams to go over and visit them. Um, with the junior competition here in Adelaide, yeah, I've gone through that with you, and it is quite uh, quite small and, uh, again, respectfully, I suppose, at minnow status, you could say. Um, one thing you can change about that with investment is to grow our junior leagues here. Mm-hmm. One thing you can't change about Perth is its geography. It's mm-hmm. always going to be four to five hours flight from the East Coast, if not more, if you're in New Zealand or up in Queensland. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I was probably more selling the idea of Adelaide. Again, I'm an advocate of Adelaide. That's why we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But there are benefits to, to to potentially Adelaide, you know, to again, to at least be in the conversation with the likes of Perth 
uh, and New Zealand, if you want to talk about that too. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and just if people are, I suppose, more open to the you know, discussion, have a bit of more of a think about it themselves, then yeah, they might see some benefit to it as well. Now, looking at the NRL this season, because I don't just want to talk to you about Adelaide, I'd love to talk to you about footy as well. What have you thought about? What have you thought about the NRL this season? Like, have you? I think the footy has been better this year than it was last year. I think last year it was terrible, but uh, just overall, like, what are your thoughts on the NRL season so far? Uh, I, I'm with you. I keep agreeing with you. It sounds like I'm a yes man, mate, but I, I am agreeing with you. Look, I don't um, get people on here that agree with me. I don't want anyone that <laughs> disagrees. We, with we can pick a fight about something if you want. Um, <laughs> but, look, um, I'm with you. I, I mean, last year, I mean, yeah, bear in mind everything that was going on in the world. It was great to have you know sport on TV, and you know, uh, it's been 2020 as well because it was far worse then. But I felt last year that the game turned into something. I, I just I hated seeing something I loved just turn into something I despised. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was with, I suppose, a lot of what's been discussed in before in terms of rule changes and, and things were just changed and manipulated. You had some very, very great teams and some very ordinary teams and just, you know, it was lost on me. And it got to the point towards the back end of the season, this was just me, I couldn't watch it. Yeah. I, I, I stopped watching it after about two-thirds of the, the season, watched the semi-finals and got back involved in it as well. Had nothing to do with the fact that my Dragons were toilet because um, I, I still – I mean, I love the Dragons, but, you know, I, I love the sport of rugby league. The Dragons are nothing without rugby league, you know. So, um, but, yeah, this year, um, you know, from, from the first round, it just seemed as though it's got its shit back together. It, it, it was, you know, competitive from day dot. You know, the teams were, you know, they were holding on to the ball. You know, they, they were hitting their moves. They were, you know, it, it seemed like a slick product again, competitive as well. And uh, through the first, what are we, six rounds of the competition now, mm-hmm. uh, I've watched more games than, than I haven't. Um, and, you know, I mean, put it this way, on Monday watching the Tigers go around against the Eels, I don't think I've ever cheered for a side that's not the Dragons as much as I did the Tigers. And that for a game to me was just, you know, it was spectacular. Um, yeah. Loving it this season. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that last year there were probably three or four teams that were putting on a good show, and now it feels like there's. Uh, look, you could say that there's two or three teams that aren't putting on a good show this year, but then as you say, last weekend we watched that game with the West Tigers, and that was uh, just epic to watch. So oh, yeah. it's uh, it's really yeah. interesting how it turned around so quickly. Yeah, no, true, true. Yeah, I, I think my Dragons are still going to struggle. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sort of holding uh, holding my hopes too high. I'm hopeful without being confident that they might turn things around. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's 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 a good strong core of sides, and some sides getting back off of the canvas too, like the North yeah. Queensland Cowboys. I mean, like I mean, who didn't have them running last or at least bottom two or three in predictions before the start of the year? And if you watch them play. And, uh, I mean, old hardhead, Toddy Payton's just, you know, he, he shaked the living, you know, what out of him, I think, from last year. And, and they look a real solid side. Newcastle came out of the gates quite strong, probably unlucky against the Dragons last week in some respects. But, again, one of those sides that, you know, you've got big one-team towns there that, you know, the, the core fans and the great fans that follow those clubs, you know, deserve to have a strong team. So they're showing signs there. It's um, and, and that makes me happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, mate, I'll be very interested to see how it pans out, like you will, no doubt. Panthers are just, I mean, yeah, it's going to take some serious injuries or something, I think, to stop them, but uh, maybe the Storm can do it. Yeah, I mean, watching them play against the Storm in, uh, I think it's Magic Round, it might be, that they face one another. Mm. Uh, oh, it's, 
If this if they can't if the Storm can't beat Penrith, it's legitimately going to be a case of like, well, who's going to beat them then? Because um, it's I I can't believe they're my team. I still I'm just like, oh my god, what's going on? Well done. Uh, I feel right. like they, I remember that video of that guy that won Lotto, and then he they did a video of him, and they said recreate doing the scratchy, and he won another two hundred and fifty grand, and he was like, please, and he's he doubles over and goes, please don't kill me. I, I feel like that guy. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Well, I mean, Penrith were a team. I mean, they were on the absolute rack going back seven or eight years ago in terms of you know the finances and dire, and then uh, they wheel Uncle Gus in. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not all due to him, but, um, I mean, you know, they might have been in a bad way without him. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on, on the gas, the gas era? I, look, I think they needed, once again, I think you need a figurehead sometimes to come in and be empowered and do things that have needed. And Penrith needed things done for many, many years. I mean, that I remember there was a point where, we had brought in two junior players over the course of two seasons, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, mm. it's outrageous. So, yeah. to, like, we needed somebody to come in. And the first thing he did was he came in and he asked the players about Matthew Elliott as a coach. And so Matthew Elliott was gone really quickly. That was the first big step. And then yeah. after that, it was a case of, like, well, there's things that you haven't been doing, like using your junior base, which is your biggest asset. So let's start yeah. doing that again. And, it was really basic stuff, but I think that we needed, and everyone, every team needs a figurehead to be able to come in, and everyone knows you go to Phil Gould. You know, Phil Gould's coming to talk to you. It, it, it's, I think everyone needs that. I think that's a problem at the Dragons right now. I think they need a figurehead that can be overseeing everything, because at the moment, I think you've got the coach who, I, I can see what he's trying to do, and I think it's going to take longer than most people expect. But mm. there's no no one – I don't know who the boss is at the Dragons, and I'm a diehard rugby league supporter, and I think you need a boss there that is accountable and that says, look, the buck stops with me. If we win, I don't take credit because you can't have them taking credit. But if we lose, mm. you come and talk to me about it. And I think that a lot of teams suffer from not having that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you might remember – uh, and uh, he got ridiculed by a lot of people out there. But uh, when he, he went and did this is Gus, sorry, went and did the uh, the review when uh, when Mary was in charge, went down there for a couple of days. And uh, when I heard that was going on, it's like my hopes got up. It's like maybe we might snare him because I'd seen what he did for uh, for the Roosters. I mean, the Roosters were well, they were going to merge with us in the mid nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Gus comes along with Uncle Nick. Look at him; they're probably one of the most sustained powerhouses in the comp. You know, in the you know since the turn of the century, comes mm. along to Penrith. You know, Penrith are on the rack. You know, has a look at the place. You know, dissects it, root and branch exercise, builds that club up. Now look at that sustained success they got now, and the competition they won last year mm. is like well, maybe not a monkey off the back, but it's it it, it you know, it, it's I suppose you know respectful of the processes that they followed and, and showing that that's right. And you guys are set up now for you know for for years to come. I mean, it's an absolute factory out there of players. I mean, you mm. lose. You lose, you know, Nathan Cleary or Brian Tuttle, and uh, look at the boys coming through, and they're ready made to go. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. The Dragons, I thought, oh, we're going to get Gus. You know, I'm, a lot of people are going, oh, not Gus, not him. It's like, no, he's the kind of guy we need. But didn't happen. Whether there was a discussion about that or not, I don't know. But I mean, if I was the head of the Dragons club, I would, I would, I would have, I would have bitten his arm off to get him in because mm. that figurehead, that what that guy could have done for a club 
which was the first club he ever followed as a as a, as a fan and as a kid, mm. um, would be wonders. But hey, we are where we are now. Um, yeah, again, I'm hopeful without being too confident. But um, I mean, when Anthony Griffin came in, you know, he, he'd been obviously a Penrith coach before, and he did speak of junior development as as, as a strategy moving forward. Um, I haven't seen that happen yet. Mm. Um, he's brought a lot of players in who might have been in the last chance saloon in uh, in other clubs. Guys like George Burgess, he's taken a bit of a gamble on with injury. He did take a gamble on Jack Bird as well from the Broncos. That seems to have paid off. But, I mean, only today we've lost Tarek Sims. Um, you know, he's going to go to the Melbourne Storm. To the but, Storm. Oh, to the Storm. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a what a signing. Like, perfect. Oh. I, I said, he, I said I think I said it on a podcast even, oh, if he goes to Penrith, he's going to be the perfect replacement for Kikau and maybe even better player. Or that, or the storm, and he goes to the storm, and it's like, oh man, this guy's going to be playing Origin. <laughs> he was playing Origin last year, and was almost yeah. man of the series. Um, and Dragons fans will have their views on that, and yeah, I, I don't expect people to agree with me. But I just saw a guy who, who was peak state of Origin last year, mm. for whatever reason, wasn't playing at his best in the club. Um, doesn't want to be extended. Okay, there might be a pricing thing or something like that, but. I mean, if Melbourne are looking to pick you up, you know you got something. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we've got again a bunch of uh, other players who wouldn't have hit the heights of Tarek Sims now in the club. Um, but the junior development that was spoken of in the first instance when he signed, I remember his first interview when he was talking to Paul Kent and um, on uh, I think it was Paul Kent when Ben Ockham was still there on, on NRL 360 was junior development. Well, that hasn't transpired. Mm-hmm. I could live with the results that we might have had over the last two years if it was like, let's throw some juniors in, get them some experience, get them toughened up, because in the long run that would pay off. I'm just not sure that where we're going right now is great. I mean, Tyrell Sloan, he's back in resis or not even playing now. Amon may or may not be ready yet, but he's sort of playing off the bench. But there's no real juniors coming through that I'm seeing. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite pessimistic in that regard. Yeah, it's a, it's part of me wonders if when a club does go and and says, look, we're committing to our junior development, whether it takes it takes a few years for that to obviously kick in. And mm. I think the thing with Penrith is maybe that it didn't take that long, just because of an, it's a numbers game. Like the uh, the Penrith Junior District is so bloody massive that it's just if. One percent of one percent makes it. That's a te- and that like that's a test player. They've got a couple of test players come through every year, mm. and a part of me thinks that with other junior develop and look the the dragons have one of the best junior development system uh, uh, bases you could ever want. That south Ooh. coast up into St George, man, mm. give me that any yeah. day. But yeah. I, part of me wonders if it's just that numbers game that it's just going to take them a little bit longer for it to kick in for them. Because uh, I'm hoping it does. Because when you see it every so often with the Dragons, they'll have three or four players come through and it's like, man, how about this dude? Look at this dude. Look at this dude. And mm. and but it hasn't happened for a while, which is a is a bad sign for the for the Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this is now since and I'll talk about the St George Dragons. This is now the longest period between grand final appearances in the club's history. Our last one, 2010, I was there. I I remember before that I'd, I'd seen us lose however many grand finals, four or five, some in person, and I just 
thought to myself, if I just see him win one grand final, I'll mm. be happy for him to get the spoon forever and after. That's the state <laughs> I was at. Now, I'm not that happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this is the longest between grand final appearances. And, it, you know, it's, 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 it's sad uh, in that respect. Uh, I do love my club, absolutely. I mean, Dragons fans are – they're quite vocal and uh, probably uh, like the Simpsons mob with the torches and the bloodhounds out the front of the house wanting to tear the joint down kind of thing when things go wrong. Um, but passionate fans too, very passionate fans. And, um, I mean, when, when the Dragons are strong, um, yeah, you do see the crowds come back and final series, it's a great atmosphere, as it is for Penrith. Um, when the Sharks win in the other year and uh, and they won, like fans, for them to finally see a competition. I mean, they're mortal enemies of the Dragons and going in, it was like, oh, the bloody Sharks. But when they actually won, it was like, you know what? Good on them. I'm stoked for them because they've mm-hmm. got to see a grand final like I got to see in 2010 or like Panthers fans got to see last year that mightn't have been around in 2003 or two, mm-hmm. you know, too young for it. Um, so, but I, I, I mean, overall, I want my club to succeed, but I, I actually do like seeing the success of others. Yeah, so do I. I think that's why I I can really enjoy watching the storm because mm. I mean we're watching something that in on world sports scale is absolutely ridiculous. That for them to be so good for so long, and you, yeah. they lose all of these great players, and you you just know the next year, oh yeah, they're going to be one of the top two teams. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the thing about the Dragons, I think, is I I want to see them be successful so that they have to say, we have to play at the new SFS because we can't fit everyone in elsewhere. And we're mm-hmm. sorry, we know you want to play at Cogra, but we're losing like $3 million if we play at Cogra. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I like to see out of them because when they're going good, like mm-hmm. the Dragons are probably one of the few Sydney teams that when they're going really good, they could legitimately get 50,000 to a regular season game against the right opponent in the right situation. Yeah, 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 couldn't agree more. And um, they're also one of the clubs too that um, their fan base, and I think a lot of this stems from their historic, you know, 50s, 60s period, is that they've they've moved outside the area. So they've got Mm. fans in a lot of parts of Sydney, but also Queensland, whenever you see them play up there, there's a big contingent up there. So you are right. And um, if they were to take games to, you know, the SFS, the new SFS, and I can't wait to see it when I come back over mm-hmm. and have a look at it. It looks absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, they are one of those clubs that could potentially sell that joint out against the right opposition. And, I mean, go back to that Tigers-Parramatta game on um, on Monday, just to see the full crowd there at that awesome stadium, mm-hmm. you know, which you know, may, you know, I suppose, lend itself to making the game as great as it was. That just adds so much to the spectacle. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, Dragons, again, they, they're dear to my heart. I'd love to see them go like that and uh, and fill out the stadium and have some sustained success. success. Yeah, I, I look, I think that of all of the teams in Sydney that have tried to be an overall Sydney team, and it, it's been unsuccessful in many different ways, I think South's, kind of tried it, but they always said, look, we're still South Sydney, but we're mm. trying to be overall a Sydney team. I think the Dragons, if they were going well and they said, hey, we're all of Sydney's team, but we're mm. staying the Dragons, I don't, I just think it would just be, no, they'd walk over the top of everyone else, to be honest. I think that their their brand is so strong and their history is so strong and, you yeah. know, and, and as on top of all that, they can always go and play games in Wollongong, which is just, a, to me, people say it as a, a, a problem for the man. I think it's the biggest bonus any club could have. 
Yeah. Have you been down to win at uh, the Wollongong Stadium there? Yeah, I, I went and saw the test match between Australia and New Zealand. I think it was 2019. Um, that's the only game I've seen there. And it, look, it was fine. It was mm. obviously it doesn't compare to the new stadiums that are being built, but not much mm. does. I mean, Penrith Football Stadium doesn't, but mm. it was a, it was fine. It was a good occasion. It was not too bad to get to considering that it's kind of shoehorned next to the beach. Um, so, so yeah, got parking yeah. near it, which is my big thing. If you can get parking near a stadium, I'll turn up to it. Um, so I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I took my uh, again my darlings Adelaide, and I took her over uh, to watch uh, us play the Knights. What three, four years ago now, pre-COVID, and um, we stayed at a hotel nearby and walked to the ground. Yeah, driving and getting to the ground, it is, it is a yeah, it is a bit of a uh, proverbial shit fight but um to get in there and the spectacular views you know it's mm. i mean sitting in the in the in the main stand, stand looking over the uh, uh the tasman sea it's um it's quite good for us for a ground um but again we only play there or half half of our home games and mm. then we'll play a few at cogra there'll be the one at you know the well, upcoming anzac day match which is sometimes our home game we might throw the odd one out at out at um, out at uh, you know, Parramatta, whatever it might will be. It's sort of just with the JV, and I'm not here to, to death ride it or, or, or criticise it in any way. It's just we're trying to be a few things to you know, a few different sort of avenues here. We're not one right. This is us. This is it. I mean, South Sydney Rabbitohs, South Sydney Rabbitohs. They might well play at Homebush, you know, but you know, it's the Rabbitohs. Penrith is Penrith. They're playing Penrith. We're St George and Illawarra. We're the Dragons. We play here, here, and here, and it's yeah, again, there's no you know, easy answer to what would be the best for them because the people in charge down there will know far better than I. But it's just this, we're trying to be a few different things and yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know if that's, yeah, the best thing for us. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean totally. The, the whole, it's like if you said, well, where should the Dragons be playing? You could literally say, well, they kind of want to play at Cogra, but they should play their biggest games at the Olympic Stadium. But then they, there's also Wollongong, and it's like you just you can't really run a team like that. Like, I think if you had two venues and you stuck to them, you can do that. But, mm. but to yeah, to try and cover all in bases, I, I would love to see them just say, look, the SFS, this new SFS, that belongs to us. We're Sydney's mm-hmm. first great team, and we're always going to be the great team and watch us take ownership of it. Because no one cares about the Roosters. That's what I'd love to see him do. <laughs> yeah, okay, I won't disagree. Um, yeah, <laughs> go in there and uh, finally we merge and take over him like we were going to do in the nineties. But um, uh, yeah, I look. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to see the Drags come back and um, and uh, and firing on all cylinders again. Um, yeah, I might be sound like a bit of misery guts with what I mentioned before about the status of where they are at the moment, but. Um, uh, but look, um, I mean, they are a club that's, you know, they're quite sustained. They do have a good brand presence. If we just get a few of the right cogs in place, mm. I reckon we can get this machine firing. It just depends on what those cogs and where those cogs are, who they are. Um, yeah, t- time will tell, mate, time will tell. Hopefully I get to never see another premiership before I fall off the tree. 
<laughs> Look, I got mine in 2003, and I was like, I'm happy now. I can die. And <laughs> so everything else last year was bonus. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool as well. But I got mine in 2003. Yeah. Um, I was there in 2003. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went along and, uh, yeah, down in the uh, – I was in the southwest corner yeah. uh, with a few friends in the rain there, and um, that was a great old night. Oh, man. It's, it's – uh, like, because I, I, obviously I was a young dude and I thought I'm going to have a heart attack and I don't care. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> oh, so was that the first one you'd seen? Oh, look, I, I, I was alive when they won in 91, but I was just too young to really, uh, like I knew it was awesome and it, I, I, I got that it was amazing for the district and stuff, but I was just too young to really appreciate it all. And so two th- I, I considered 2003 to be my premiership, my, my first one. So um, it's – and, yeah, I, I'm like you. I hope everyone experiences that because it is bloody incredible and you've always got that in your heart and you can always – if times are tough, you can always think, man, remember when we had those great players back then? And, and you can, you know – yeah, that's normally when you're a couple of beers into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, reminiscing. Yeah, but yeah. It, it sounds similar to to me. I mean, I'm oh geez, I'm I'm almost fifty. But uh, I mean, I was a young tacker when the Dragons won in '79, and my only memory of that is a few kids in the streets. There was a family who lived near us, and uh, half the house was Dragons fans, half the house was South fans. But the the girls were, you know, uh, singing St George's won the comp, and I was like, oh, we won the comp, brilliant. But I'm you know, yeah. too young to really understand it and then went through the 80s where we sort of didn't do so well we had a few fits and starts I was holding on to a Panasonic Cup win that we had against the Tigers in the mid 80s that was the only thing I'd seen and then we go what do we do we make the grand final in 92 against the Broncos out from the clouds weren't expect to win got flogged the next year we hit the Broncos again but we had their measure that season but um, I watched that game at the Leeds Club, um, and it was the most dull, flat atmosphere I've ever had. We were just – it was like a graveyard, and we lost that one. Mm-hmm. Um, come back in 96, which is my favourite year. Um, again, we started the, the year with no coach. Rod had gone to, uh, to the Rams, and uh, we are all you – know, had half a team at the start. We go on to make the grand final. Again, I'm at the Leeds Club. We don't make it. We didn't win that game. The Matthew Ridge – slash David Manson thing at half just before half time still grinds my gears. Um so I'd i I'd just seen us lose three. Then I was at the grand final in ninety nine. So the the Olympic Stadium, under oh. ten thousand people. Um oh. I actually in a former life worked in construction and I worked on the Olympic site. So I got to see the the whole thing evolve for the Olympics and then my team's playing in the grand final. Brilliant. Up four to nil at half time and we know what happened after that. And I'm just like my God. So my 2010, when I was all of, what would I have been there, 37 years old, was my first. Yeah. Um, and we were losing at half time. We yeah. were down. We were, the, the roosters were beating us. And I'm just thinking, oh, my God, I can't go through this again. I, I, I'm, I'm going to jump off the roof. I can't do it. And then there was this. We scored the first try. In the, I think it was Jason Nightingale. I was actually chatting to him when he, he popped over the other week. I was just saying, mate, you scored tries and helped my seed win the grand final. That I thought I'd never see, but he scored the first one. And then it just brought a wave of right. There was a second one, the third one. And the crowd that time was about, I think it was about 70% Dragons fans. And there was all around me, it was like, we're actually going to do this? Mm. Trepidation. There was like, right, there was a moment when Dean Young scored. Mm. Um, that was like, right, we, we actually can't lose this now. And just the emotion, I'm actually getting tingles up the spine just talking about it, but just the 
well, we're actually going to do it. There's people crying, hugging, just running around, just going nuts. Um, for that last 15 minutes, you can actually enjoy the game that we were get, we were actually going to win it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got to see it. You got to see it in 2003. Cronulla fans got to see it. And, um, uh, again, yeah, that everyone can, you know, hopefully you know, all league fans can see their side do it at least once in their life because the feeling that you get when your side wins a comp, especially the first time you see it, there's nothing like it. No, nothing at all. It's, and it's, I mean, you can, you can remember how you felt and, and what you, how you were standing in that moment. Like it just everything, just absolutely everything. I just, ah, oh, it really is incredible. Um, yeah. look, thank you for coming on and, and chatting with us about rugby league in Adelaide and of course the dragons and the NRL overall. Um, oh. I said, but I'd say this to everyone before the podcast. If you've got something to plug, plug and you're like, oh, I can plug my business. Plug your business. What is Plug the greatest business. business we've all got to support? Plug away, radio. My business is a business called Sell Yourself. Uh, and what it is, it's basically 360-degree coaching and support to job seekers. So in a former life, I used to work in the recruitment industry, uh, managed a business out of Sydney. Uh, when I made the move to Adelaide, uh, yeah, I decided to set up my own thing. So everything from uh, how to search for the right jobs to CV optimization, so getting your CV uh, tip-top, interview coaching, so um, not telling you what to say, but all the ins and outs of the interview process and how to best sell yourself in the interview, uh, and also you know, supporting you managing negotiations. So sometimes when you're going for a job, you're going to negotiate salary and that kind of thing, you know, talking through the negotiation process. So uh, the website is called www.sellyourself.com.au. You'll see my shiny big mug in one of the slides in there if you do want to go in there. Feel free to drop me a line, uh, and if you mention the uh, the League Freak podcast, I'll, I'll do you a deal. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, well, we look, thank you for coming on. It's been really interesting and awesome to talk to somebody that's actually on the ground because there's plenty of people, including myself, that will say, let me tell you about Adelaide. <laughs> but to, to actually talk to someone on the ground is a thousand times more important than that. So thank you for coming on. Um, and we'll have you back on again sometime soon just to chat about footy. We'll, we'll pick a random round or something and we'll say, hey, let's, let's sort out this and we'll do a review of this. So yeah, once again, thanks for coming on. Not, thank you very much for having me and the opportunity to do it. And uh, yeah, look forward to the next time, Mike, and talking a bit of footy. And uh, yeah, anytime, give me a holler, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you soon. Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858.